Welcome to Let Love, a podcast with the Sisters of Life. We invite you to join us for conversation, looking at life through the lens of love. You are loved, you are made in God's image, and your life matters. Let's talk about it. And here we are. This is Sister Anya's Day. And this is Sister Veritas. And welcome back to Let Love Podcast. We are talking about the gospel of life. Uh, Evangelium Vitae, this gift uh, that we've been given uh, by the church uh, to grow into this reality of being uh, people for life and of life Mm -hmm. and answering God's summons to reverence the sacred gift of life. And today we're going to be jumping into the fourth chapter. Uh, There's definitely things we haven't been able to touch on and cover even in the first three chapters. We're going to catch some of those that we want to lean into with uh, greater intention uh, after we hit chapter four, just kind of gather up the pieces before hitting the conclusion. Mm -hmm. But for today, we're going to hit chapter four, which is awesome for a new culture of human life. It's awesome. And it's, it's just like, it's so full of light and like, yeah, energy, and it's I, it's one of my, I think, maybe probably my favorite chapter, That's actually. awesome, yeah. sister. Yeah, it's filled with this summons, uh, and I can't wait to unpack it, but even before we do, it's like, I was just thinking today, sister, you know, like, this, the little things that give us great life lessons, mm-hmm. and I was just thinking about pets, you know? <laughs> I love pets. You know, those pets that the dogs, the cats of our lives... <laughs> that have given such gifts actually in life lessons, uh, little things learned. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know I carry uh, my childhood dog with me in my heart <laughs> wherever I go. I'm so grateful for Arthur. I bet he was so nice. Oh, he was the best. So he's a black Labrador retriever. And again, I think everyone can appreciate, you know, you're begging dad. You begged dad for years and years and years. And I was one of eight children. So a dog, no way. We don't need to add to the chaos. <laughs> But finally he gave in, uh, and we went and picked up our black Labrador retriever. His name was Arthur Archimedes, because any name. noble dog needs to have a middle name, too. <laughs> and uh, he taught me so much, Arthur. Wow. He was so warm and just ready to love at any moment, mm-hmm. but also very wild. Like, he'd get into trouble. He'd get sprayed by skunks. <laughs> he'd bring home strange things he found in the woods that... <laughs> Yeah, we won't go into that. But also at the end of his life, and again, this is, he really was teaching me the gospel of life. He became blind, um, wow. through kind of dog cataracts. And, and actually the beauty, <laughs> I know you're going <laughs> to laugh at me, sister, but like learning to love and support and accompany kind of like a dog who had this handicap, he couldn't see. Wow. And his trust and faith in me as I led him. Wow. And, being compassionate and going on walks with him, even though he couldn't see, it's like learning to accommodate him. And actually the gift of the bond that was forged. <laughs> and I don't know, it taught me a deep reverence for life in general wow. and how to be caring and accommodating and the reward of that, actually. And I think I think my dad, who had the courage to say yes, and I thank God the Father who blessed me through that dear little dog. I'm so glad. Yeah. I mean, I, it sounds like a dream storybook dog, honestly. Yeah. I would oh. like to come over to your house and play with him, too. He was the best. Yeah. I was, he was totally the best. I yeah. don't know if you had a childhood pet. <laughs> I We did. I don't know if I can draw such meaningful life lessons, but um, we had a um, Kizend. It's like a Norwegian barge hound. Wow. They're fluffy, and they like to be in high places because that's on the barges. They used to be like the watchdogs. So we'd be like washing dishes, dad particularly, and all of a sudden we see 
Pippin, who's his name, his his face, his head in the window, and he was wow. basically standing on the barbecue outside, looking in the window. Gosh. Yeah, or he'd like, you know, Dad would be reading the newspaper, you know, like the, the big spread, and all of a sudden he he just hear the sound and he kind of lowered the newspaper and there was the dog on the kitchen okay. table looking at him like just so happy it's so funny and it, he's a big dog right he was like you know medium size wow. medium size on the kitchen table yeah yeah and just like anyway he was very free a little too free so i don't know if you draw life lessons but i really he was really nice to pet that's awesome yeah. <laughs> And it, it is, right? I feel like God interests, like, you know how a pet, you just like, wow, he fo- totally fit into our family. Yeah. And we needed this pet yeah. to teach us something new that we wouldn't have been able to learn from each other. Yeah. It sounds like Pippin was just a nice little accent to the to the the beauty of your family life. Actually, it was a terror. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but the, the dogs my parents have now, two chihuahuas. They're really lovely, really, really loyal. They like when they come and greet you. They're just like they get so excited that their, their tracheas collapse, so they're like, <gasps> you know, and they're oh, just very happy. Oh but it's like this total delight just to receive you. I think that's kind of a like a little image of God's love, <laughs> sister. That's awesome. Well, I we do. I don't know, like if there's like a thank your pet day or something, but you know, I thank God, and the Lord loves to bless us, right? He does in in all these different ways, and I think. It kind of brings us into this chapter beautifully, mm-hmm. is that, whoa, um, it's a beautiful quote that kicks it off. You are God's own people, that mm-hmm. you may declare the wonderful deeds of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. And this is a chapter about being a people of life and for life. And I don't know, sister, shall we say a prayer and dive in? That sounds awesome. In the name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Father, we thank you and we praise you. We pray for courage to answer your invitation uh, to life, to living the fullness of life, to living for this um, in our relationships with each other, in our workplaces, in all that we do and all that we say, that we might bring you praise and that we might receive fully the sacred gift of life that you've entrusted to us in our own lives and those around us. Uh, We ask for every grace to simply receive this invitation into the depths of our hearts. And we ask Our Lady to protect and care for the life of her Son within us as we say, Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Grace, pray for us. Amen. Amen. Whoa. So here we go. Here we go, diving into chapter four. And I think it starts so beautifully. Mm-hmm. Actually, just the call, the summons to proclaim like yes. what God has done for us. Like yes. proclaim the good news that, that life is sacred, that your life is sacred, that your life matters. Amen. And I just I'm just so moved and I think it maybe it touches particularly on my heart in, in two different particular ways because um John Paul II is talking about preaching the good news to the poor, right? Mm. Which is what the Lord did. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it kind of, as a continuation of that, evangelizing, right? The grace and vocation proper to the church, her deepest identity. Mm-hmm. It's a great line. She exists in order to evangelize. That's awesome. Wow. I mean, it's amazing. It's a powerful thing to think about, sister. And mm-hmm. that, yes, in a sense, we know in and through the gospel and this gospel of life, this gospel that is Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, 
we've received a gift that we must share. Mm -hmm. We must share it, that people are thirsting mm -hmm. to hear this good news, uh, that there is life, that there is love, that there is mercy, that there is a God who cares, who desires to know us and draw us close and to bring us to the fullness of life. And so it is, it's like this all embracing activity, um, in a sense that we are called to be prophets. Mm -hmm. We're called to bring the good news. We're called into this priestly mission that we've received through our baptism mm -hmm. um, to pray and intercede for people um, and let our prayers gather the people mm -hmm. into life and into worship um, that we're called to this service of charity mm -hmm. towards others. And all of these things, in a sense, encompass this proclamation, mm -hmm. this evangelization. And there needs to be integrity in it, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I can't say one thing and live another thing. Right. That it calls me, actually, to be a witness mm -hmm. and one that is integrated and is living what I am seeking to proclaim. It's, again, it's challenging, sister, yeah. that this is not an easy summons, and yet even striving towards it, mm -hmm. even doing our lousy best to live it, mm -hmm. blesses us, keeps us in grace, and gives us in a tremendous adventure in this reality of life. So the number 78 is awesome. We see this summons, and 79 kind of brings us deeper into this reality that we've been ransomed by mm -hmm. the author of life. Um, his precious blood has been poured out. We've been made a part of him through our baptism. And we can be renewed and transformed by the grace of his spirit. And in a sense, it's in and through these gifts that this is possible, mm -hmm. that we can answer this summons. Mm -hmm. It's so true, sister. And, and in a way, it's like John Paul II is saying, like, I mean, this huge gift we've been given and almost letting ourselves marinate in it. Yeah. So it, it just pervades every pore of our being, our soul, you know, everything, every every um, ounce of our life. Yeah, um, and, yeah, and he's inviting us to that, actually, and how that living in that way. And yes, like you're saying, it's hard, right? Mm -hmm. Because we're in a world where um, self-contempt is normal, right? Mm -hmm. Where death, um, death and kind of things related to death are kind of advertised and, you know, glorified. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, a, it's a hard, um, it can be a hard milieu in which to live and, and work. But, um, but yeah, this, this deep um, call to like, yeah, let ourselves marinate in this life and love. Um, and then as you're saying to act and to, to let ourselves be sent as John Paul II says, right. Um, and he, there's this great line. He says, being at the service of life is not a boast, but rather a duty wow. born of our awareness of being God's own people. Right. Amen. And that we may declare the wonderful deeds of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous life. And basically like, what is, what is our, our roadmap, our way, everything is love. Mm -hmm. letting, letting ourselves be led and sustained by love. We're not out, you know, as in proclaiming this truth of the beauty of the human person, we're not out to ultimately win arguments or things like that. We're actually, mm -hmm. we're out, we're, we want to love. We want people mm -hmm. to know that they're loved and lovable. Mm -hmm. And that love is a truth. Mm -hmm. uh, and we have the privilege of communicating it, mm -hmm. that it's not something new we're making up. It's actually this greatest reality we're participating in mm -hmm. and that we want to uncover this reality, help mm -hmm. another to discover it. Mm -hmm. uh, in a sense, allow God the space to touch a heart and draw that heart to himself because that's what every heart ultimately mm -hmm. wants. Mm -hmm. And even that's what I love. A beautiful line in number 79 is to become the neighbor of everyone. 
Yeah. Right? It's like a true neighbor. Mm-hmm. I'm looking out for you. I'm caring for you. And part of that is actually bringing this truth to others in a way that others can receive. Yeah. It's not swinging holy two by fours and no. knocking them over the head. It's, it's engaging them in conversation and dialogue. Yeah. And if, if you disagree, it's saying, gosh, how did you get to that? I want to mm-hmm. understand that. And then, oh my gosh, you know what? These are pieces and things that have spoken to me in those similar places mm-hmm. and drawn me into a deeper light in life. Mm-hmm. And this is, just a powerful thing because ultimately sister, and this is what brings us into number 80 is we're not just proclaiming a thing. This gospel of life is a person. Mm-hmm. It's Jesus. Jesus is the word of life in him. Life was made manifest. He himself is this document says the eternal life, which was with the father and was made manifest to us. And by the gift of the spirit, the same life has been bestowed on us. It is the life in which every person's life acquires its full meaning. Mm. This is an incredible gift. Yeah, it's so true, sister. And and we're all longing for this, right? We're all longing, mm-hmm. longing to know our full meaning. We're longing to know that we're seen and known and loved and, yeah, that our life has a plan. Um, and I, as I was reflecting on, on just what you said and then what we talked about in um, – 79, but just even like when we, when we're talking to people or reaching out to people, I remember one, well, a number of encounters I've had, you know, on like the bus or in the store. And it's like, first, it's almost like allowing your heart um, to be moved by the other person and noticing mm-hmm. um, like something like, oh gosh, I really like your nails. Like they're super cool, you know, mm-hmm. or I like your boots, you know, <laughs> or whatever, <laughs> but actually allowing that true, authentic, sincere human interaction open up um, and it, for me, it has so many times opened up this conversation where actually they have shared because it's like, oh, they, they noticed me, mm-hmm. you know, and then all of a sudden they've shared their heart mm-hmm. and their desire for finding meaning and truth and love. And it's really, um, it's really something like, yeah, I guess even noticing in, in terms of helping people receive themselves as gift, Amen, first, even pointing out even just the little gifts um, that, that they have and that they are. Well, and even, gosh, sister, as you speak, and it does, it kind of holds us in what we're talking about, is that what we're bringing to another is a good that actually it's surprising because mm-hmm. it's so good. Mm-hmm. It, as this number 80 says, the gospel exceeds every human expectation and reveals the sublime heights to which the dignity of the human person is raised through grace. This is incredible. Mm-hmm. And I think St. Gregory of uh, Nyssa in this document, they have a beautiful quote from him that I would love to read. Yeah. He says, man, as a being, is of no account. He is dust, grass, vanity. But once he is adopted by the God of the universe as a son, he becomes part of the family of that being, whose excellence and greatness no one can see, hear, or understand. What words, thoughts, or flight of the Spirit can praise the superabundance of this grace? Man surpasses his nature. Mortal, he becomes immortal perishable he becomes imperishable fleeting he becomes eternal human he becomes divine and this is the good news this Mm -hmm. is why the people of life are people of gratitude Mm -hmm. i mean whatever we're facing whatever we're in we can still find something to be grateful for because of this gift and joy yeah that this is a gospel that flows into our hearts and then overflows yeah because it is so marvelous and good it's amazing. And like God wants to pour his life into mm-hmm. us, right? And to the point, I mean, that last line, human who becomes divine, it's like, whoa, 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 doesn't that seem a little extreme? But actually, this is what um, like the, the Western 
Catholic Church means when we talk about holiness or mm-hmm. sanctification. But in the East, the uh, Eastern Catholic Church talks about, they use the phrase divinization, right? It's like Amen. actually allowing God's life and love to permeate us so fully. Um, it's like that, yeah, that's, I mean, that's the word they use. And it's really powerful. It's well, and it brings us beautifully into 81, sister, because what you're talking about here is at the core of this gospel is the proclamation of a God who's close to us, mm-hmm. who calls us to communion, profound communion with himself. And his grace awakens in us the certain hope of eternal life. And this is just so outrageous that God has and wants to have and cultivate mm-hmm. this unique relationship with every person. For every person, there's a unique way to talk to God, to receive his love. And God delights in this and wants to discover this with each person and to walk a person towards this mm-hmm. or even open up the way of it. I mean, you're walking them into the answer to all the deepest desires of their heart, those infinite aches. Yeah. And this is what is so powerful in that what we see in every human face is ultimately the face of Christ. Um, what we see is the potential for a person to come to know who they are in God. Mm-hmm. And the fullest way that anyone can realize true freedom, that personal freedom we all long for from the inside out mm-hmm. to live that with truth, integrity, depth. I mean, the consequences of the gospel, yeah, they're challenging, but they are awesome. Mm-hmm. Yes, and they're rooted all ultimately in this the reality of human life as a relationship of love as a gift from God, right? And and yeah, I mean it talks about here the affirmation of the inseparable connection between the person, his life and his bodiliness. It's amazing like all of us is gift. And I'm I'm just thinking of all the encounters I've had on retreats and things talking to people and and you know from some talk or something like that and they've received this experience of I am good, I am gift. And actually when you know when you know you're loved you can do anything, you know. Um, but I also love this sister because the the church, um, as you're saying, it can be challenging. But kind of the consequences of the gospel, mm-hmm. right? What the church asks regarding human life and love, but it's also because because of love. Like the church is not going to set the bar low, you know. Um, she Amen. she actually wants us to reach the heights of love, so she's going to set the bar high. And it's not like mean or or anything like that. It's actually because we're worth it's true uh, and we're made for mm-hmm. that love mm-hmm. sister well here it is love i mean how many songs have been written about love <laughs> whatever culture time and history we have been totally enamored by love mm-hmm. why because it's at the core mm-hmm. of who we are and it gives meaning to our lives and when you know god and god is love mm-hmm. god is love and when we come to know god it changes everything, right? Yeah. It brings meaning to suffering and death, despite the mystery which surrounds them. Um, it brings us into the depth of giving and receiving love, which this is what we want to be opened and free to do. It draws us into uh, an integration of life, of science, of technology, of politics, of it unites all of these pieces. Um, it draws us away from confusion and polemics into just living in the grounded central truth Mm -hmm. of who God is and what that means for the human person Mm -hmm. in all the dimensions that life is carried out. But yeah, sister, this brings us to number 82, which is actually quite powerful. It's a great summons to communicate this truth wherever we might be standing in life and wherever God has entrusted us to bring this good news that it needs to be proclaimed. Um, and 
Again, this document says in preaching, in catechesis, in dialogue, in education, teachers, catechists, theologians, they have a task to teach this gospel truth, this reverence for every human life in the light of the reality that God is love and we've been made in his image and likeness. And the reality that the Christian message isn't contra. It is not against the human person. It actually fully reveals who man is and the meaning of his existence and life. So it is. And they also, I mean, he calls the task in this number um, to preach the word as St. Paul told us, be urgent in season and out of season, convince, rebuke, exhort, be unfailing in patience and in teaching. Um, and the document says, may all hear this, whether it's our bishops and our priests, our religious, um, our lay faithful, whether it's those teaching in seminaries, um, that sound doctrine needs to be upheld mm-hmm. and communicated in a way with love, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and conviction and flowing forth from someone who's in a living relationship mm-hmm. with God. Mm-hmm. And, and you all know it's powerful to experience a teacher who's mm-hmm. living mm-hmm. what they are sharing and inviting one into. And I would say we're in a time now that people will aren't going to believe teachers. They need to see witnesses yeah. and that witnesses yeah. um, are going to be the best teachers. It's so true. And it, it makes me think of a great, um, he was a kind of camp leader at the summer camp I went to as a That's kid awesome. and teenager, Peter, amazing, shout out to Peter. But I just remember he was the first one who actually... Um, I ever heard like actually speak about what the church teaches about human life and love. Mm. Right. And I mean, he was, um, he's an amazing presenter, very dynamic, very funny, but he went there. Like he, he, he said hard things. Right. And, and set the bar high. And, um, it's funny. Like what was my reaction, but not just my reaction. What was the reaction of every other teenager along with me? It was like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it was like, it was, we were like on fire because it was like, it it compelled us. And it it made me think, I mean, even my friends, it was like, I'm made for greatness. Someone believes I can live this way and it's possible. And I, it was like this huge confidence that, um, actually I'm, I'm made for, for sanctity to be a saint. And so I think I just want to encourage, you know, often there's a temptation to maybe try to mitigate or like water down some of the, you know, teachings of the church, but actually it's, it's powerful and invigorating and enlivening and ennobling to hear the truth because the truth sets you free. And I just know, I just want to testify right now. That was my experience. It was, and I'll never forget it. I just want to say thank you, Peter. That's awesome, yeah. sister. Wow. No, sister, it's powerful. Mm-hmm. It's a powerful thing to receive uh, someone who believes and loves yeah. what they are teaching. Yeah. And I think this is what casts out fear actually mm-hmm. just standing in love mm-hmm. and sharing that gift. It's a beautiful thing to receive sister. It really is. And I think it brings us great into number 83. The, the little intro um, quote there is I give you thanks that I'm fearfully, wonderfully made, you know, celebrating the gospel of life. And, and this number really talks about um, this posture of celebration mm-hmm. and this posture of contemplative outlook. And actually it makes me think of my sister. Um, just being fearfully and wonderfully made. I remember when she was little, mm-hmm. she was like fascinated by the human body. And when she learned about like blood and skeletons, hmm. she'd be like, dad. He's like, yeah. It's like, you know, you have blood in you. He's like, oh, I do. Oh no. <laughs> He's like, dad, 
you have a skeleton in you. He's like, oh, oh no, get it out, get it out. But she just, it was like this wow. marvel of the little child of like, I know what's in you. Wow. And I just think it's a sweet way to, to move into this of like. And fearfully, wonderfully made. Fearfully, wonderfully made. Amen, sister. Well, no, and that there's truth to it. Yes, mm -hmm. it's it's kind of fun in a candid sense. And then to consider, whoa, the human person, whether you look at that biologically, scientifically, mm -hmm. uh, relationally. I mean, we are, we're wonders. Mm -hmm. We're incredible. And this call to celebrating this yeah. gift of life. And I think as sisters of life, we're very good at this. Yes. Actually, um, we love celebrating, mm -hmm. uh, you know, whether it's with the women that we're walking with who mm -hmm. are pregnant, it's celebrating when they find out whether their baby is a boy or a girl. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. Celebrating uh, when that baby is born, yeah. celebrating the, the first month of that child's life. It's yeah. like we do this even in formation, you know, mm -hmm. for the women who enter as postulants, you celebrate one month, you then you celebrate two months because it's like, <laughs> Like, whoa, I'm celebrating making a gift of my life to God yeah. uh, for one month, two months. And that is a precious gift, whether it's birthdays, whether it's Christmas, whether it's Easter, mm -hmm. that what we celebrate actually forms us. Mm -hmm. And it draws us, please God, into deeper worship of yeah. the one thing worthy of yeah. celebrating, which is God. Yeah. And we celebrate each other in that way that we're made in the image and likeness of God. And it is right to rejoice in this gift mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. it's profound and wonderful. Yeah. And it makes, I want to just speak a direct word on that. Like for everyone who's listening, like, I just want you to know, we want you to know, like you are worth celebrating. You are worth celebrating because your life is good and it mm -hmm. matters. And all of heaven rejoices mm -hmm. over you. And just, yeah, I just think it's so important to know that. I amen to that mm -hmm. sister. And in a big way, it's like, how can we come to see that truth? Mm -hmm. Whether it's looking at myself, because sometimes we don't feel like we're worth celebrating. Mm -mm. Uh, sometimes it's a struggle to catch that spirit mm -hmm. of celebration. Mm -hmm. um, because sometimes, yeah, life can be very disappointing. Yeah. There's things that we can suffer. Maybe we haven't been celebrated in the ways uh, that are due and mm -hmm. just. Mm -hmm. And what gives birth, I think, to the freedom to celebrate life and each other authentically and deeply is what is spoken of in this paragraph, which is this contemplative outlook. Yeah. And we've talked about this. We love it. But this is something, honestly, mm -hmm. every day, mm -hmm. um, multiple times in a day, mm -hmm. we are wise to remember, mm -hmm. what lens am I looking through? Mm -hmm. And what we're invited to is this contemplative outlook, which is this outlook which arises from faith and the God of life, who's created every individual as a wonder. I wonder, sister, in that, this is an awesome paragraph. Do you want to read it? I would love to. I just love hearing it. It's one of, I have to say, it's one of the Sisters of Life favorite paragraphs. Yeah. We <laughs> reference it often. Often. It is the outlook of those who see life in its deeper meaning, who grasp its utter gratuitousness, its beauty, and its invitation to freedom and responsibility. It is the outlook of those who do not presume to take possession of reality, but instead accept it as a gift, discovering in all things the reflection of the Creator, and seeing in every person His living image. This outlook does not give in to discouragement when confronted by those who are sick, suffering, outcast, or at death's door. Instead, in all these situations, it feels challenged to find meaning. And precisely in these circumstances, it is open to perceiving in the face of every person a call to encounter, dialogue, and solidarity. What a quote. What a quote. It's like having that, that gaze um, 
of the Lord's gaze mm-hmm. on the world, that sacramental mm-hmm. vision um, of seeing the deeper reality. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's an outlook that I know when I'm blessed and receive that grace to step into it, it brings courage mm-hmm. to my heart. It brings hope to mm-hmm. my heart. It brings meaning mm-hmm. to what I'm living. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, it helps me to see and not be scandalized by the crosses in my life. Mm-hmm. In a sense, we can be like, what? Why is this happening? Mm-hmm. Oh, it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. And yet, when I look again and I look with faith in the Lord, I'm like, oh, Lord, you're inviting me to live with you here. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, what mystery of your life is entering into my own? Yeah. It can be an incredible catalyst that allows us to step into the deeper meaning of life with mm-hmm. God. Mm-hmm. And yes, gives birth to songs of joy, praise, thanksgiving, mm-hmm. a vision of faith that can sustain us, mm-hmm. um, a reverence for ourselves, a reverence for others, a freedom to rejoice in the gifts around us, the gifts of God, to celebrate another person, not to be focused and caught up in my own stuff so much that I'm paralyzed and uh, that freedom is diminished. Mm -hmm. You know, it takes away uh, jealousy and competition and it gives birth to solidarity Mm -hmm. and neighborliness. I Mm -hmm. mean, it draws the human family close. So it might seem like a lofty idea, but actually as you pull it down and just step into it, it's natural to us. It's natural to our hearts, yeah. our minds, and it needs to be cultivated. Yeah. And yet it on the ground level, it transforms your life. It really does. And I think I just want to throw out a tip in terms of cultivating, um, kind of outlook. I mean, prayer, um, obviously like having that prayer time each day and praying with scripture is kind of like irreplaceable in terms of, of fostering that, um, outlook in your heart but also and this sort of seems funny but actually reading some of the great works of literature like um the lord Mm. lord of the rings or you know chronicles of narnia or things by chesterton Mm -hmm. gk chesterton who was really a master of like the sacramental imagination the contemplative outlook who could see in all things and in the brick on the wall or you know the flower growing could see the presence of the lord and so they can really be helpful and fun uh fun aids in growing in this this way of um, contemplative outlook. Which I think brings us really beautifully into number 84, mm-hmm. um, which is uh, more speaking more about celebration. Mm-hmm. Um, and kind of, draw, as you're saying, drawing us deeper. So to celebrate the gospel of life means to celebrate the God of life, the God who gives life. So awesome. Um, and it's it's amazing. Well, and it talks about, and it just brings everything into focus and perspective that it this document alludes to the fact that it's too little to say that this life is alive, right? And this is capital L. This is the principle of life, the cause and wellspring of life. Every living thing must contemplate it and give it praise. Like we can see how if we forget who is love, mm-hmm. if we forget who is life, if we stop looking at him, um, and if in a sense we deny ourselves the great joy of entering into mm-hmm. that rejoicing, that celebration of the gifts that we've received, mm-hmm. we can see how quickly it's like having a hole in our bucket. We can be drained of that great gift of life. So we want to keep ourselves focused. And I would say spiritually, interiorly, if we want to walk grace-filled life, it's keeping our eyes on he who is life himself. Mm -hmm. And in that we are always drawn into this beautiful posture Mm -hmm. that this document proposes. Um, That in this, I love this quote, despite its hardships, its hidden mysteries, its suffering, and its inevitable frailty, this mortal life is a most beautiful thing, a marvel ever new and moving, an event worthy of being exalted in joy and glory. 
Mm. Right? In every child who's born and every person who lives or dies, we see God's living image, God's glory, and we celebrate this glory in every human being who is an icon of the living God, right? Mm -hmm. We express wonder and gratitude for the gift of life. And praise be to God. It's just an incredible privilege, sister, and it's so good to remember, to recall. It really is. And I think the, he mentions to the importance of the sacraments, right? Mm-hmm. So living that actual, the worship, right? Worship is, is what we're actually made for, what we're ordered towards. And, um, our living his life, um, finds its source and summit in, um, the Eucharist, in worship and just the, the power and actually the essential importance of that. Um, because as you're saying, if we're not receiving his life and his love, like we're going to be empty, mm-hmm. right? And we need, we need to be receiving that constantly. Um, which brings us, I think, really beautifully into 85. Yeah. Um, and different ways of receiving. And John Paul II talks about the wealth of gestures and symbols present in the traditions and customs of different cultures and peoples. Amen. And yeah, just um, receiving God's gift of life in all the ways he's given it, you know, across the world. Yes, it's so fun. It's so beautiful. I remember attending mass down in Africa mm-hmm. and being so moved by the fact that, oh my gosh, this is my family. Mm-hmm. These these are my people. Like that the mass is familiar, that the liturgy draws us all into this living worship of the one God who yeah. loves us. And yet delighting in the unique ways that the gospel was being enculturated, mm-hmm. um, that the liturgy was being celebrated in a spirit that was reflective of the faith um, of this particular culture and people. And with an integrity, the liturgy held the integrity of, of its form. And yet the beauty of it, I still have those songs <laughs> singing and dancing in my heart. And yeah. in a sense, new vistas of my own heart and soul were opened wow. in witnessing the unique ways that they give praise, mm-hmm. that the gifts of their culture and people um, loves the Lord, you know, mm-hmm. and it's a, it's a very beautiful thing. Um, which I think ultimately brings us into 86, which is just basically how does this all bear fruit? And yes, as we're drawn into this spiritual worship, um, and we're drawn into this gift of celebration, um, we want to do that in our daily life. And ultimately what worship forms us to do is to imitate the one that we love Mm -hmm. in that he has given himself totally for us. Mm -hmm. And so what is born in our hearts is a generosity, a courage to step into total self-gift ourselves Mm -hmm. and to live that in all the big and little ways that we're called to in our lives and our vocations, um, that my whole life becomes this heartfelt song of praise, this Mm self-gift that is beautiful. And you see these people, they're just giving their life away. They're yeah. spending themselves and they're not counting the cost. Yeah. There is a beauty. There is a life. There is a joy. And you're like, whoa, 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 whoa. Mm-hmm. That is true. That's mm-hmm. the truest of the true thing. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we don't have to look far, right? These are the brave moms who devote themselves to their families without reserve. Um, these are moms who are laboring, who, who go through that L&D, labor and delivery process, <laughs> that suffering to bring yeah. new life into this world. Um, these are dads every day going to work, um, mm. providing for their families. Uh, these are brothers and sisters within a family who are backing each other up or cheering each other on. Um, all these little things ultimately bring to life a human mm. family that is of life and for life. Mm-hmm. It's so powerful, sister. It makes me think of visiting with our, our very good friends and, and co-workers recently 
and people who've just totally are completely living a totally generous life mm -hmm. and i've never met honestly people so filled with joy and gratitude they're they're sharing they said you know my whole life I, I just thanking God all the time for his wow. goodness, thanking God all the time. And what, I mean, what a source of life living in that posture of gratitude. It, it's it. I mean, that alone is like you radiate life to the world, you know? Yeah. This invincible love you're talking about is so powerful. It's powerful. And it's actually, it's part of the way we've been made and we're happy when we live that way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, this is the life of moms and dads of, of faithful priests and religious of, of lay people Mm -hmm. giving themselves generously, uh, volunteering, um, being a neighbor to mm -hmm. those in your neighborhood. It's all the little ways that culminate in an incredible gift mm -hmm. that we all live together. Mm -hmm. I mean, this is, I feel like we just got started, sister, but I don't know before we go. I know. Do you have any challenges? Oh, my challenge. Yes, I have a challenge. My challenge would be to take a contemplative walk this week, to walk and just... um marvel take it like slowly no no music no headphones nothing hmm. and just to marvel at, at nature at the tree the grass and take it like give yourself like time to really just sit before it and, and wonder um that god made this um and then wondering at you know yourself god made me mm -hmm. um but just kind of yeah a moment maybe half an hour an hour this week just to give yourself permission to slow down take mm. the contemplative walk and marvel that's beautiful, sister. Yeah, what about you? My challenge would be surrounding, actually, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Uh, it's such a privilege, actually, sister, in a sense uh, that it's there for us, um, that we have priests offering this sacrifice for us and actually bringing down graces from heaven each day for the human family, for mm -hmm. the mystical body of Christ. And I would say... Go to Mass this week. You know, perhaps you go to daily Mass. That's awesome. Perhaps you just go on Sundays. But when you go to Mass this week, mm. pray it as if it's your first, mm. your last, and your only. That's awesome. In a sense that there is a tremendous mystery uh, to be touched, to be received, to be stepped into in the Holy Sacrifice. And just give yourself permission to abandon yourself to it, mm. to step into that place with faith, to draw your mind and heart away from distractions and look to the Father and to pray it, uh, ask for the grace to pray it with your whole heart and watch what happens. Mm. Because as we enter into that mystery and we're so blessed that it's available to us and God has given himself to us in his sacraments, we're so blessed in that gift. Uh, watch what it will do as we seek to reverence and receive that gift more deeply into our lives. It will give birth to incredible life within your heart and your soul and set you free to give yourself away as, as we know we're called to. I believe it. That's awesome, sister. Amen, sister. You want to close us in a prayer? Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, we praise and thank you, Lord, for your gift of life, uh, for making us in your image. Lord, we ask that you set our hearts on fire with love for you, with um, a deep belief and understanding of your love for us. Lord, we ask you to make us lights in the darkness, to radiate your peace and your life to the world. We entrust ourselves to you, Lord, and we give you glory as we pray. Glory be to the Father, to the, the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, Spirit as, as it was in the beginning, beginning is now, and, and will be forever. forever. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you all. Enjoy that gift of life out there. See you next week. 
This was Let Love Podcast with the Sisters of Life, a religious community of women consecrated for the protection of the sacredness of human life. Be assured of our prayers and learn more at sistersoflife.org.